Hello, I'm Liam here, host of It Depends, a podcast on the law of New Zealand from a practical perspective. The podcast is brought to you by Fitzherbert Road Lawyers, where I am a partner. We are a law firm, but we're not your law firm, as far as I know. So don't take this podcast to be more than what it is, a general discussion of legal matters. Nothing what follows is individualised legal advice. For individualised legal advice, get in contact with us at fitzroe.co.nz. That's Foxtrot, India, Tango, Zulu, Romeo, Oscar, Whiskey, Echo.co.nz. I'm down the line with my colleague, John Freeman, who's our in-house expert on trusts. And because trusts always uh, generate a lot of interest for Kiwis, Probably a good um, sub- subject for a podcast. Uh, so, uh, John, um, is our is our trust guy in the firm? Um, what uh, what are family trusts and, the, and and what are the point of them? Yes, yeah, so family trusts are a way of owning assets, uh, which uh, it doesn't involve ownership by by individuals, um, in the sense that uh, when people have assets that they own personally, uh, they can create a trust and transfer. Uh, their assets to the trust so that it's held away from their personal ownership. Uh, so it's held by by trustees. Those are individuals, but they hold trust property on behalf of the trust and the beneficiaries of the trust rather than uh, the the people who owned the assets originally. So, so it's a method of moving ownership away from personal ownership uh, into something else something else being a trust which is set up according to some rules about how the assets are to be used. And uh, okay, and so generally speaking, if you were going to if you were going to set up a trust, um, you know what are the the key ingredients or elements? What 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 do you have to put in place to have a trust? Right. Well, the trust is made up of relationships. Really, uh, they are they are usually written down in what we might call a trust deed. Uh, that's uh, how a, a typical family trust is established. Uh, there are other types of trusts which are created by the law or recognised by the law. Uh, they're all very interesting, but uh, they're really not the, the subject of our discussion today. So a family trust is established by the signing of a trust deed, and that records a relationship between three groups of people. Uh, the first people are the set laws, those are the people who are going to move assets into the trust, usually by gift. Uh, the second people are, are, are called trustees. Uh, those are the people who are actually going to hold the assets on behalf of the trust. And they, they stay in there for a long time. You can train, change trustees over the years, but generally they're in there for the long haul. Uh, and the trustees hold the assets on behalf of the third group of people who are called beneficiaries. Beneficiaries are the people for whom the trust is set up. So they are the people who will benefit from the trust in the short term, medium term and long term, whether by receiving a distribution of income earned by the trust assets or using the trust assets or receiving a distribution of of capital, money coming out the other end or having assets transferred to them. So, So three groups, set laws, trustees and beneficiaries. And can the same people be in all three groups or do all three roles? 
Yes, in New Zealand, that's possible. Uh, in uh, many overseas jurisdictions, it's it's frowned upon uh, to be involved in, in in more than one or two groups. But in New Zealand, for I guess the last uh, 30 years, we've had a fairly flexible approach to trusts, really since estate duties or death duties were abolished. So it's possible to be a settlor and a trustee and a beneficiary. The important thing, though, is that uh, you are not the single set law or trustee or beneficiary. Uh, and, and that's all about uh, spreading control or sharing control. If you have complete control of the trust assets and you are the only beneficiary, then the law says a trust hasn't been created at all. It might look like a trust on paper, but it's deemed not, not to be a trust. N nothing, in fact, has happened. And um, so a lot of trusts have independent trustees. Um, sometimes they're accountants, sometimes they're lawyers, sometimes they're just, a, you know, a relation of the um, of the set laws or the other trustees. So what, what's an independent trustee for and do you need to have one? Yeah, so as you say, an independent trustee is is someone who is, is not a beneficiary. That's the simplest definition. Um, and uh, overseas, uh, they are absolutely mandatory in some jurisdictions. Uh, the law there is that if you don't have an independent trustee, you simply don't have a trust. In New Zealand, we've taken a more flexible approach. So long as there are uh, several trustees and several beneficiaries, then uh, the independent trustee is not strictly necessary. You can still have a valid trust in New Zealand uh, with, with that. Uh, the validity of the trust is really determined upon review by how the trust has been operated rather than um, a, a particular fussiness about who are trustees and who's, who are beneficiaries. The advantage of having an independent trustee, and it is an advantage and it is generally optional, uh, is that it does establish that there is true independence between the set law and the beneficiaries or between the trustees and the beneficiaries. So remember, the trustees are holding the property on behalf of the beneficiaries, not for themselves. And the set law uh, has to move the property from their own control into the trust. So where you have an independent trustee, decisions can't be made without the consent of the independent trustee. The independent trustee usually participates fully in those decisions. And so, um, by that, you're, you're able to establish one more thing, if you like, which, uh, which can prove the, the independence of the trust. So, so um, often for um, some family situations, it's seen that an independent trustee is important because it can help to regulate relationships between family members, uh, or if it's a, a particularly important investment, or there's some other dynamic that relates to that trust, uh, we might say that an independent trustee is preferable or, or should be put in place. It very much depends uh, on the trust, what the trust is established for, uh, and who, who the people involved are. And so a lot of people who have trusts um, seem to be business owners or you know, people who are out, out there um, in business, um, rather than necessarily just people who are, uh, you know, work as employees. What are the benefits that somebody who runs a business or has an ownership interest in a business might get from having a trust? Yes, well, trusts have been established for a number of reasons over the years, but the, the aspect of trust which is particularly useful for business owners is, is what we call um, 
asset protection or creditor protection. Uh, so business is risky. Um, it, um, it's very difficult to avoid risk in business. Uh, and, uh, you know, the classic understanding is that by people taking risks and putting in effort, uh, they're entitled to make a profit. Uh, so the trouble is that when you take on a risk, you also put your assets at risk. So they might, that might be your family assets, such as a family home, um, perhaps uh, superannuation investments or uh, some other uh, savings or assets that have been created over the years, either through the work of the business owner or through an inheritance. So if assets can be transferred away from the ownership of the business owner, then there's a better chance that they could be, be protected for the owner's family uh, in case the business fails. So uh, that's, it's, a, it's a, a form of credit protection, protection from claims that creditors might make. Um, it's not quite as straightforward as, as moving it over. Uh, if, if that was possible, then no one would ever have claims against their, their assets. Um, it can only be done, be done under the law at a time when uh, the business is solvent. Uh, so last-minute transfers of assets are usually not successful. Uh, they don't provide any protection at all. Uh, and, um, and, and it has to be done taking into account the overall uh, plans of, of the family. But generally speaking, if you can move uh, assets out of uh, the ownership of the business owner at a time when the business is capable of paying all its debts and there's no risk to creditors, then you provide protection in the future in case something goes wrong. Right, and so uh, trusts are also um, they're quite useful in estate planning, aren't they? I mean, they're quite in, the, in certain circumstances they can be used to have uh, to be a bit more flexible than you might provide under a will. Um, and uh, so, I mean, that's all uh, relatively obvious and well known. But what I guess one thing that people often bring up um, is that um, they, they question whether or not trusts can be used to minimise. Um, the risk of um, having their assets eaten away um, by, you know, the need to pay for, um, for residential care if they get if they become infirm and sick and have to move into a nursing home. Um, that's that's not um, quite considered quite so um, such an advantage anymore. Um, could you just quickly talk about that? Yes, sure. Yes. So that's quite a recent development, and by by recent I mean you know in the last thirty or forty years. Uh, We've, we've had trusts un, under our legal system uh, really since the, the Crusades. Um, and um, and they, were, they were set up so that uh, ownership could be kept within the family in case the, the knight going off the Crusades uh, lost his life. Uh, under English law at that time, the um, uh, women couldn't own property. So they had to ensure that the uh, the assets were, were protected for the family, and usually that would be by transfer to a, a brother or something. So um, those those kind of reasons are still valid in, in New Zealand for managing trusts um, uh, from generation to generation. Uh, but but a recent development has been uh, to to hide assets by moving them away from individual ownership, uh, so that. Uh, the set laws can be eligible for government benefits or subsidies. Um, the one most often talked about are uh, rest home subsidies. Um, there have been a number of changes in, in the laws over the last decade, which have meant that uh, in most cases, movements of assets um, uh, it, it, it have 
um, and not, it is, it's not, not a successful way of um, making a person eligible for, um, for rest home subsidies, um, it's simply because the gifting that people have undertaken over, over the years is, is clawed back and deemed to be part of the assets of the, the set law. It's still possible in some cases for that to happen, but the number of times that that is possible are, are pretty limited uh, these days, and, and that's because of um, the developments over the, over the last decade. I have to say that it was never really a suitable purpose uh, for the establishment of trust anyway. Um, people often think that, well, we've established a trust and that will uh, protect us and, and we won't be subject to asset protection rule, uh, asset... Uh, uh, Clawback. Uh, uh, yes, to claw back, so, um, uh, you know, asset assessment rules by oh, the right. government. Um, and uh, but that was never really the case um, because if a trust had been established, for that purpose, then it was probably invalid under the assessment rules anyway. Uh, but the rules have been tightened up so that many more assessments are finding that people with trusts uh, haven't protected their assets and the trust assets are considered for the purposes of these rules to be their own assets. That doesn't mean that trusts don't work. It doesn't mean that the trust wasn't valid. It simply means that under the assessment rules being operated by the Ministry of Social Development, the trusts are not considered to have been removed from individual assets, but the trust may be valid for for many other purposes and, and in fact, most other purposes. Yeah, and I guess just as an offshoot from that, um, as a, and as a general observation about the benefit of trusts, um, it seems it's always seemed to me that the the real advantage in setting up a trust can only be you know can be best realised, I suppose, if you set it up early well beyond the, um, well, well in advance of ever having to rely on it. So if you, you get to later in your life and you start to move your assets into a trust, then it's just that much less likely that you're going to be able to rely on it um, with, with, um, with safety. Um, you want to do it as early as you can, right? That's fair comment, Liam. Yes, the, certainly in most cases where uh, you absolutely require a trust and you must have it now, uh, you, you're getting to the point where it's really too late to uh, to set the trust up because the danger is imminent uh, and it's likely that uh, that laws which apply will allow assets transferred to a trust to be called back. If a trust is established and assets transferred when those difficulties aren't there, uh, they're, not, they're not apparent uh, and there may be a, a, a number of particular problems that occur over one's lifetime, if the trust is established well before those things occur, then the likelihood is that the trust will survive so long as it's properly managed through that time and uh, uh, and it can be just be established that the trust is a, is a valid one. Right. Well, final question. I mean, it, I mean, it generally costs if you get it done professionally. You, you, you're, you're likely to be paying a few, a couple of thousand dollars to get a trust set up uh, properly through a, a law firm. Um, would you recommend that people just download a trust deed from the internet and do it themselves? No, I, I have heard that's possible. Um, it, it is, it is uh, never been advisable in my view, uh, and and that's not just because uh, I'm a lawyer trying to protect uh, the the um, the lawyer's own industry. Um, a trust, it's important that if a trust is established, uh, the reasons for uh, the uh, trust being established are considered, uh, that the uh, special family situation is considered, um, 
that there's there's a, um, a proper thought about who are going to be the trustees, who are going to be the beneficiaries. Uh, and, and none of that can happen when you're simply downloading forms from the internet. It's important that a professional is involved in the establishment of the trust and, and a professional person who, who understands trust and is, in, is experienced um, and is not just going to sort of pull out a form from the bottom drawer and, and fill it out just as you would on, on, on the internet. So yeah, the actual like design of trust is, is very important. Yeah, and it's, and, it's, um, and it's something I always, people sometimes overlook is the fact that it's not just filling in a form to create a trustee because, um, you know, uh, while lawyers don't tend to write trustees from scratch, you know, there's the careful selection of the right base basis for it, consideration to what amendments need to be made in that, in that circumstance. And, and if you get it wrong from the start, it's quite hard to put it back together. And it's always struck me is that there are a lot of traps um, that people can fall into just quite unknowingly. Yes, exactly. If, if there hasn't been proper thought given, uh, then you can actually be creating problems for the future. Whereas if a little more thought had been uh, had been had at the time, then they, they could have been eliminated. A good example of that is that we have now uh, a new Act of Parliament called the, the Trust Act, which, uh, which has been passed, um, but will become uh, effective law, will, will be effective as from the 30th of January next year. Uh, and, and that does two things. Uh, the first and main thing is that it, um, it it establishes clearly what the rules applying to trusts are. Its intention was to gather from a number of different sources all the various rules and practices that apply to trusts and put them in one place so that people could, could read them and understand them. Um, the second thing it does, in my view, is it uh, it actually... Uh, creates some new law, but when I say create, uh, the law drafters argue that uh, they weren't creating new law, but what they have done is to take a particular area of law and uh, clearly set out where um, what the rules are, whereas in, in my view, uh, those rules weren't all that clear beforehand, uh, clear in the sense of being uh, ambiguous and, uh, and there were a number of different views that, um, that, that might apply uh, in the New Trust Act. Uh, they've set out rules, and, and those particular rules apply to disclosure. That is, the rights of beneficiaries to know that they're beneficiaries of the trust of a trust, uh, and to seek information from the trustees, uh, and uh, and to monitor the trustees' activities. Those have been set out clearly. Now, uh, if you have a number of beneficiaries in your trust, too many, uh, then all of those people can contact the trustees and seek information about the trust. Um, because the law says that as beneficiaries they have the right to do that, uh, and and that can lead to some very difficult, awkward conversations um, among family members, and sometimes create a, a lot of unhappiness. That mum or dad setting up the, the trust um, never intended, uh, and and would not have wanted, and if only they'd thought about how the trust was to be established in the first place, those sort of things could could have been avoided. Yeah, it's all it's all in the um, the careful preparation, isn't it? Um, all right. Well, look, uh, it's an endlessly fascinating topic, so we might have to do we might have to do future podcasts on it. I think because people always um, want to know, but I think we'll leave it there. Um, and um, I just think thanks a lot, John. Like it said, John's an absolute expert on trusts, and whenever I've got a thorny question, I'm always knocking on his door or at the moment ringing him up. Um, 
but the, you know, with the with the new trust act and everything like that, we're just going to have to be really onto it. And um, and at the firm, we are at the moment in the throes of updating all of our trust documents to comply with the new act, aren't we? It's going to be a big job. It is a big job, and it's it's an ongoing point of interest for me. It's a, it's a fascinating area because uh, it it it's not only based on a, a lot of. Um, interesting history but it continues to evolve in our modern times it's always moving and reshaping itself and and of course uh, it's, it's really based on relationships between people so it's a fascinating area and i'm very happy to be involved oh brilliant john okay look well hopefully i'll see you uh, soon when we're allowed back in the office right i look forward to that liam all right cheers That was It Depends, which was hosted and produced by Liam Hare of Fitzherbert Row Lawyers, which owns the copyright there too. Please visit www.fitzrow.co.nz for more information.